big welcome back to the Young Hearts Run Free podcast. We are into episode 18 of season 8 now, and this week we've got something a wee bit different for your listening and maybe even viewing pleasure. We are joined live to the continent by the man of the moment, John Cassidy. How are you doing, John? I'm good, Stevie. Bye. Good to see you, man. I um, they've let me let me into Europe. Remember, you used to just fling about there, neighbor. They've let me back in. Um, I'm feeling good. But obviously, to speak about what happened over the weekend, and um, yeah, I've still got that afterglow buzz. I'm very, very happy. Still a wee bit overwhelmed as well. So that we look about your jewels. That the afterglow, you can see it. When you shave the wrong, see that aura around you. Did you shave before the event? I did. I've shaved every day. I'm, I'm a bit thought of a super. Sh- thought you were waiting to say I've shaved everything. <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm a bit of a superstitious person. You maybe realise that, but I've actually shaved. I think every day for about the last month or something. Just these things that get in my head. So I've actually shaved every single day for about the last month. So yeah, I've, I've shaved every day here as well. And um, I don't know, it's just that thing about wanting to feel good. And on Saturday morning at six o'clock, I felt really good. So yeah. Brilliant. Ah, your chin's looking like a dolphin's nose. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay. So let's think about this one, right? Because we've no, we've not got any script or questions or anything. This is just completely off the cuff and uncut. Where actually John's given me the responsibility to publish this audio and, and everything. So it's just going out exactly as we're recording it. So this is our, this is our equivalent of MTV Unplugged. Remember that in the nineties. This is our equivalent of that. So okay, right. YHRF Unplugged. Okay. So John, of course, was taking part in the. 100 Berlin Miler at the weekend. That that's was the way, purpose. Yeah, yeah, that's the that's all the branding. That's that's the way that I read it. That was okay. all of that. And um, we came across on Thursday, Susan and I. Um, I will refer to Izzy and Stevie a few times. I met with Izzy and Stevie Cairns. Oh, in the Manchester um, for a bit of advice they've been here before and they'd, they'd advise to come a couple of days early just to settle in and get your head and stuff and the race briefing t- takes place on a Friday mandatory race briefing which is a bit of a joke because nobody checks if you're there or not um, but I asked if it was worth attending that and I heard some yeses some noes some of the race reports I'd read said Nah, there's no point in going. There's a couple of reasons. I actually found it quite valuable to go. Um, before that, though, this is the first race I've ever entered. I'm only using the term race because that's what they call it. Run, I would call it. I had to get a medical certificate to my doctor to say that I was fit and able to attempt to do 100 miles. Okay. So when I went, when I went to get that, in February, March, 
this year. So that's the one of the nurses that um, spoke with. She says, how do I can if you're fitting your way around 100 miles? That's what I'm telling you. <laughs> so, but they did a, a, whatever, an ECG, wire you up and do all that stuff in the, in the nurse's office, did all that. And she signed that. I've got myself quite worried about that. What if they just say, no, that's not acceptable? Honestly, man, the guy opened about a paper registration and went, that's oh, fine. I've handled my passport for ID. He went, no, I don't need that. I was just totally chilled. Mm. Um, and, and as you were sorry. No, you get that. It's like you, you, you get up to high dough about making sure that this couldn't be a reason that I can't stand on the start line. And then you get there and it's oh. actually been like more emphasis put on it to actually bring it with you than there is to actually check it. Exactly that. There was, there was actually more importance spoken about waiting for the green man at traffic to cross than there was about anything else. Um, Important so, stuff. Aye. So you can get disqualified, man. Hank folk have been disqualified. And more on that on Sunday morning when my head was frazzled mm-hmm. as well. Okay. But um, the registration was no bother. In a, new, in a hotel reception, you, you never even got in the hotel. Just in the reception area, you circled rooms, got registered, gave you a lovely wee souvenir, which is an actual bit of the Berlin Wall um, glued to this bit of plastic. Beautiful thing, great memento that I'll keep. And um, back for the race briefing in the afternoon. So Susan had said, Sack that. I'm not going to the race briefing. So she went away and the a touring about Berlin. So I went up and I was lucky enough to meet Izzy and Stevie there. Um, and we sat and Alistair Higgins was there too. Another guy who's a fantastic runner. Um, we'll run him just in a wee minute. Okay. Um, and the, the, the two things I took away from the race briefing was where you could listen to and not listen to music. Very, very strict. There's parts of, within the city, you're not allowed to use your, use your headphones. There's a larger part of here out in forest and in the countryside where you can, but I took a photograph of that slide to remember it. Um, also, very important, you were not allowed to get in a vehicle at any time. We've spoken about that in the past. Um, and then the other thing, this is the most important thing for me. All the navigation is these, there's an arrow with three dots. And it feels like they're every 50 metres for 100 miles. Mm. That was your navigation. Stick to these arrows, you won't go wrong. If you're going to, I was going to say typical German efficiency. It's not a case of turn right, it's prepare to turn right in 25 metres. So give you a wee bit of a heads up. You know, once you get used to that, it's fine. Mm-hmm. I never turned on the GPX on my phone at all, ever. The navigation was brilliant. But the important bit for me was um, at night time, they've got these uh, white stickers. But when it's night time and your head torch hits the white sticker, it turns blue. If I hadn't went to the race briefing, I would have missed that. And that was really important when it came to the 
was going to say, hello, darkness, my old friend, because that definitely was happening. So it made it a lot easier by going there. So if anybody, and I've had people message me, how'd you get into that race mm. already? Um, go to the race briefing. It's good. I met people like Alistair Higgins. I bumped into him and they could, he was saying, I'm sure he wouldn't mind me saying, this was his B race. He's got Spartathlon coming up. That's mm. his A race of the year. So I think I planted a seed for him to come on and have a wee chat with us. Um, but I th- I'm pretty sure he was hoping for big things on, on Saturday. Main concern, this was the first time, one of the first time it was mentioned, but a lot of folk were talking and concerned about the heat. Alistair was one of these guys. He actually asked if there was going to be ice at aid stations, which there wasn't. Um, but that was always in people's minds how they're going to keep cool throughout the, the the course of the day. But it was nice. There was Izzy, Stevie, and me, a couple other folk, Alistair. Alistair is a well-known guy, so people gravitate towards him as well, you know. So it was a good wee bunch of uh, sort of English talking. Not a lot of folks speak English, man, at this event. That's mega. Okay. Well, on that, John, was there a fair proportion of, was it mostly locals, Germans? or I would say 60 plus was Germans. Percent? I, I know, six, yeah, sorry, 60%. Yeah, 60 plus percent. That I think they said there was 28 countries represented. I'm sure they said that. But um, there were definitely... Italians, Israelis, um, Norwegians, and Norwegian lady won it. First time ever a, a female ladies won the race. The whole, the whole event? Yeah, whole event. She won it right. Line, line or liney Kala scanner, Norwegian, 1353-57. is a photo finish for you, man. Or a head dip, 1353-57. Brilliant. Okay. So first time, first time that's happened. So and he, you were there. He, you were there representing the independent state of Latham. <laughs> what? Right. Do you know what I love, man? You know what I love about this? You get a certificate, right, when you finish. On my certificate, it's got John Cassidy, Young Hearts Run Free. I fucking love that, man. I do, seriously. I must have put that down as my run club. That's what I do, you know? But it's awesome that it's there. So, Fantastic. Yeah. So, yeah, that race briefing no just interesting for what you're hearing but even more interesting for who you're meeting that's what i'm hearing 100 percent, and i think it gives you it gives you that vibe that buzz of what's happening you mm-hmm. know um because after that i just went away and i was wanting to get my head done it was roasting in berlin that day um it must have been 28 30 degrees folk were just trying to get the heat and we'd got some good digs not too far away for the 50-minute walk for the start on the Saturday. Mm-hmm. But I, I said to Susan, look, I just want to really get my head doing. I'm not going to sleep, but I want to just lie flat and just take it easy. So I went to my bed about half eight Saturday night. Eh, sorry, Friday night. I slept-ish. Got up about quarter past four. Saturday morning, start was at six. Everything was packed. What's that term? Tetris. The race pack was Tetris a couple of times. Um, 
And uh, great point I got for you get three drop bags. Mm-hmm. They actually gave, you gave me drop bags, but they actually they actually gave me drop bags when I got here. I never knew that. We had a big okay. one, two, three on them. And um great point that I got for Stevie Cairns was put your night stuff in drop bag two. I never used drop bag one, but then all I was good in my drop bags was gels, luchos, and the night gear. It was a wee bit like remember Mel Sykes spoke about her drop bags, a wee sweet tiny thing comparison yeah. to everybody else's mine's were exactly the same Susan said my drop bags look like a poppers in comparison to everybody else's I said that's all I need that's all I need so I, I didn't poppers change. there like... <laughs> the weather the weather wasn't going to be rainy bad rainy so I wasn't I wasn't intending to change my kit I wasn't intending to take um, a long sleeve top or change a short sign like that so it was just in, just my nutrition. It's what I had. Um, so that was and other than the Friday night, Saturday morning, up and away. 6 a.m. start, 6 a.m. That was in continental European time. Mm. It made it a... What does that make it? Was it 5 a.m. you got underway our time? or? Yeah, 5 a.m. UK time, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you were an hour ahead of the folk running the Devil of the Highlands and setting off. So you had an, an hour's head start on them, but you yeah, had yeah. A, a fair bit more to, to cover. And you were probably standing in the start line thinking, ah, I've got some spirit brothers over in Tindrum standing in the start line at the same moment. <laughs> you, were an hour, you were an hour out of sync, pal. So, <laughs> yeah. So how many people participating? There, well, there were 500 and I think it was... 66 individual runners that's the group i was in there were also teams of two so doing 50 miles each there were teams of four really teams doing 25 each and there were teams of 10 doing 10 miles each i'm not sure the numbers of all of that i think it was there was was less than a thousand runners in total um it was around about a thousand people standing in the start line or were they going away and Nah, there wasn't. No, it was a, it was a one-off start. Everybody, no, no, sorry. The individual runners started at six. The first relay team started at seven. Okay, so right. We staggered in that fashion, yeah. Of course, aye, and then right, okay. So, aye, well, it sounds quite the setup, and I seen some video footage and stuff on socials, and it looked a, a fairly. Um, logistically sound operation event you've already spoken about the the course markings but the race organizing and pre-race information and everything all spot on it, it was if you read it which i've been something's late doing in the past but if you read it it was all there um i didn't speak a lot of german or any other language Sometimes didn't speak English that well. Mm-hmm. But um, the German people are so, so helpful. You know, really um, go their way to help you. And that was an ev- that was everything on Saturday morning. They desperately help you fill up your bottles if you want more water and things like that. We arrived at the race start, I would say, half five, 26. And it's one of these things that's over in just like a breath. You know, the next thing you know, they're saying, right, if you want to make your way up to the start area, 
and it started at bang on six o'clock on the second and you're just lit off where you go. I was probably halfway back because I thought I'm just going to follow folk for a wee bit here just to make sure I'm all right with navigation and stuff. And that was you, you were off going through the city. This year, they change it every year, a bit like the Comrades one, they change direction in South Africa. With this run, this year it was clockwise, so next year it would be counterclockwise. Um, a lot of people that had done it multiple times said they prefer it the way it was done this year. Because you get the city bit, Yeah, you get the city bit out of the way first. You do yeah. most of your running in the countryside and then you come back in the city later on. Whereas the other way, um, for those at the front of the field, they're coming into the city sort of later on on the Saturday night and it's just bouncing. So it's hard to, harder to navigate. You know, yeah, so. okay. And of course, clockwise is your preferred orientation anyway. And that's how you've practiced yes. down at the Field of Dreams in the North Inch Pair for all those years. So left-hand turns are not your thing. Right-hand turns are your strong point. I sort of lean to the right. It's just a yeah. natural you know. So, so I so you lean to the right. <laughs> we talk about politics in this show, John. So, okay. So, you, you you mentioned already, John, you were feeling quite good on the start line. Feeling ace, man. I mean, I said, I think I said to you and I said to Fiona that I would have loved to, my dream was to do 100 miles in 24 hours. That's what I set out with when I signed up for this thing. Um... The focus on my running attention changed in early 2023 to the Manchester Marathon, which I will never, ever regret because it's one of the greatest moments, not just in my running, whatever, but my life in general. It's one of my happiest times. Um, So I've no regrets about that. I have said to you that I struggled the transition to go from that faster stuff to this longer distance. I've thought about this a lot over the last few days. Fiona and I's agreement was that we'd work together for Manchester. And I have wondered if Fiona and I had continued to work together for this. Actually, I don't know, I'm pretty sure I would have done the sub-24 because but I never had that disciplined, focused training, that accountability. That's the big thing mm-hmm. to do the training for this type of event. So, but we are where we are. And I was where I was at that starting on Saturday. And I was in a good place. I was feeling good. I, I knew I was going to tire. Um, I played about with multiple race strategies in my brain mm-hmm. but I'd focused on a sort of run walk thing and um, just to simply slow my de- slow myself down and try and generate uh, an endurance as well that, that would see me good we just about made that but hey ho we learned a lot of stuff Saturday as well. We well, certainly did. Um, I think. Okay, well, 
let's get the race underway, okay? Because okay. that's when the, the juicy stuff starts coming out that people have to know about. Yeah. So 6 a.m. start now. I'm thinking, John, I'm waking up on Saturday morning, going on the tracker. The tracker was really quite good, by the way, because you remember we were a wee bit doubtful about it. You know, but it was it was pretty well covered. Um, the whole race. Um, and the tracker, albeit in German, was easy enough to figure out that you were still moving. And that's what oh, my main thing was, is John still moving. That was, I, I, John still moving. Um, so you're, you're, you're into it. First 20-30 miles as such would have just, for you, I'm assuming, went past quite incident-free. Pretty much, yeah. I think I was going to, you know what? The very in the first five miles, man, you, you run through the city uh-huh. and you come, you come to the Reichstag, you come to the Brandenburg Gate, all these big monuments of Berlin mm-hmm. steeped in history. And the initial thing is, I'll get my phone in and take a photo. I was like, I'm not doing it, and that's what set the precedent for me. I'm not here to take photos, I'm here to get. 100 miles, right? So, actually, approaching the Brandenburg Gate, I turned my phone off because I thought if I start taking photos, I'll never stop. So, um, yeah, first 30 miles was pretty much as you would expect. It was a case of keeping going, going through checkpoints. I never stopped at the first two checkpoints. Um, the third one I did because the first two were kind of packed. The, fir- the, the, the third one, Izzy had mentioned to me they've got these waffles of waffles of drug. I love a waffle. So um, <laughs> the waffles were good. So I thought I've got to start eating something. Mm-hmm. Um so was that about twenty miles? Yes. Probably before twenty miles, but between twenty and up to thirty, everything was fine. The A stations were A stations checkpoints, same thing. They were absolutely brilliant. The staff on them were fantastic. Couldn't do enough for you. They were, they were actually out trying to help you to keep going without stopping if, you, if that's what you wanted to do. But a lot of folk were stopping, milling about. The the issue, and the reason I'm hesitant, I'm really appreciative of what they they did, but there was wasps and flies and stuff, and everybody just diving in with their hands, it, that turns my stomach a wee bit. I'm listening into that sort of stuff. So that put me off eating a wee bit. And that's where, about 30 miles, I think, is where I said, I'll just say a glass of that Coke, please. And that, that was me. That was me for 70 miles, you know. I love food. I was eating olives. I was eating olives and trying to get some stuff in and realising I was depleting my salts and stuff like that because it was hot and I was drinking a lot of water. But the thought of my guts going was stronger than the thought to eat. And a lot of, there was 157 people in that group of individual runners didn't they finish. Okay. A lot of them had stomach problems. And I, I'm, it could be anything. It could be the heat. It could be whatever. It almost but, sounds um, like you've been listening to folk that we've had on the podcast. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> Yeah, and and controlling the controllables. 
mm. as John takes a swig for his can of beer. I'm on this downtime now. Or audio description mode here. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it was something there, but there was a definite shift because the day's also getting warmer. We're in the countryside. There was bits of shade um, in the forests as well. Ah, stunning countryside. Absolutely stunning countryside. Um, bits of shade, but it was getting warm. And I knew... Actually, it must have been about that point I did one of these sort of video updates that I did on Young Hearts Run Free Instagram. I'm pretty sure it was within 90 seconds that both you and Mel Sykes messaged me to say, get electrolytes in. If you're drinking loads of water, you need to get more electrolytes in. Seriously, it's like 90 seconds. Um, it was so, the pain in your head. Ah, it was massive, eh? Mental. I like, watched that back. I was like, Jesus Christ, it's like I was going to pop, man. Ah. <laughs> but at the same time, well, that's that's good feedback to be getting live during the race. Oh. You were, and the fact that you were switched on to that and receiving it, I'm sure Mel feel like that. Hey, that's great that you, you received those messages because that was a nice wee bonus that you could interact in that way. Oh, it was brilliant, man. And then I started telling folk, you need to get salt in. Get my <laughs> but um, what happened, though, there was, at some checkpoints, there was baked, uh, no, baked, boiled potatoes. And the potatoes out here are a wee bit sweeter than a hen. They're lovely to eat, man, but they went pretty quick. So I knew how to get salt in. There was times I was just like my finger, dabbing it in this bowl of salt and taking that. Three things of that over the course of the whole shift. Banana, dipped in salt. Sounds kind of gross. Does the job, man. Get it in there. So banana was chopped into, it wasn't into halves, it was chopped into like, I imagine a banana chopped into like six bits. Just dip it right in the salt, wound fit, get it in. <laughs> get some water, doing you? The next thing, rye bread. You know, it's like dark, heavy yeah. bread. That drink. Aye, they had that. They had that with butter on it, butter side. Then lash it in the salt and take that. And that's how I was getting my salt. That's what I was doing. I was also taking active route all the way through. Okay. That stood me in good stead, but it wasn't enough because I was drinking so much water. Right. Aye. Yep. So dipped salted bananas and rye bread butter uh, you used to get sugary bread when you were little oh I man oh I'd have loved a bit of sugary bread on Saturday I tell you though the other thing I did I said uh -huh. to this guy this was about three o'clock in the morning I don't know it took me that long to figure out got a cup of coffee cup of coffee this boy a cup of coffee I ain't bother <laughs> no, you never said any bother. But he said, I said, you got any sugar? Put sugar in that. He says, I've not got any sugar. I said, well, put two spoonfuls of salt on that. Yeah. <laughs> so I just woofed it, man, just to, because it was, honestly, by that time, my brain was gone. I've never, I've never been in a state that my brain was like that, but maybe we'll come to that in a wee bit. Oh, but that, well. was, that was the ways I got salt in. Okay. Banana, banana dipped in rye bread and then salt in my coffee as well. So that's 
three new things learn. Dipped salted bananas, rye bread, salted with lashings of butter and some salted coffee. Yep, it's the future. You need to adapt to your surroundings and that's what you were doing, John. So good on you. Yeah. And you, you said, you know, active route throughout, water throughout, flat coke. Yeah, every single aid station, I sometimes alternated it with a, like a sugary lemon type thing, which is normally great in a vodka when you're abroad, you get that lemon, you know what I mean? But um, I'd alternate it with that every now and again, just to change the taste in my mouth. Ah, so you get flavour fatigue. And were you on the Luchos, did you say? Yes, struggled with them a wee bit, but... Right. Um, it got to the point where, can what, just lash it in and just chew it as much as you can and get some water, didn't you? Uh, I, never threw, I never threw up once. That's the thing oh, as well. I never threw up does. once. That's, that's a yeah. win. Yeah, because, yeah. you know, these, these luchos have got like 36 grams of carbs. So I wasn't going, I was never ever going fast enough that I was going at full pelt and hate to top up. We all we spoke about these between 70 and 90 grams. I was never at that needing that amount of carbs in. But I just knew what I was wanting to do was, you've used this term before, Stephen, about fueling the car, just having it level. That's where I was aiming to be, you know, so I looked towards now and again. Was the gauge away for the red. Definitely, definitely, yeah. Well done. Okay, so you had realised that you needed to take on more electrolytes and you did something about it and that, obviously helped matters the now heat in the afternoon on the saturday afternoon because i was when i was thinking i was looking at the temperatures in berlin and i was thinking didn't get that on a normal saturday in perth maybe once in a, every 10 years what was that like did you adjust things did you do anything different i um, well, before I came out, I was thinking if it gets very hot, I just hate to slow down. And I had no option but to slow down. I was craving something cool. There was n- nothing cool because every, everywhere was hot. Yeah. But we got to this point, and Stevie Cairns had told me to take cash with me, right? I didn't hate cash, but I had a cared. There's this ice cream shop or this wee bridge. And I went to the boy, I said, I just want vanilla, mate. I said, did you take a card? He went, no. I have to apologise to him. No, you've ever listened in. I didn't mean what I said to you, what I called you. But I apologised before I left. It wasn't his fault. Um, so, about three I'm miles a later... a happy ending to that story. I thought he maybe no, just went, oh, it's John Cassidy for the Young Hearts Run Free podcast. No, no, no. I took you a step are, back off him. You're an ice cream um, ambassador. Here you go. <laughs> So about three miles further on, they crossed this bridge and went into this forest park. And I seen this sign. It was a um, it said cafe open ices. I was like, that would be me. Ken, what? I'm just going in. So I went in. Typical John. There's a wedding party on the go, right? It's no long after the first dance, right? There's the bride, and it must be her father, and there's all these guys, and they were all dressed. The guys were all dressed in, this is real, this isn't a hallucination. The guys are all dressed in white, like boys one, right? And I'm saying to this woman, there's some fucking ice cream. <laughs> she says, there is only ice 
in that cabinet. I said, that's fine, no bother. So I made my way over to the cabinet and I picked up this, it said, it said sorbet on it. I said, that'll do. It's frozen, that'll do. It was half strawberry, half kiwi fruit, right? But I said, that'll do me. So I have to pay for it. I'm standing with my card. And the woman <laughs> said to me, I'm standing like a big sweaty mess. Are you with the group, sir? Oh man. Anyway. I'm surprised you didn't hang about for the evening buffet. There was a guy behind the counter obviously recognised my distress. Uh-huh. And he came up and he stopped her with what she was doing, wrung my cone, my lolly through, three euros fifty is a bit expensive. And let and let me go. But I tell you, man, it was the best thing I all day because it was just right to your core you know uh-huh. gorgeous and then we, that was brilliant but that was the heat it was hot all day and it was never ending going into this forest some of the, the scenery were blessed in Scotland and indeed in the UK for some brilliant scenery but I've seen bits of Berlin and you wouldn't believe it, man. It's a hustling, hustling, bustling city. But there's all these idyllic places just outside it. It's absolutely gorgeous. And you're privileged to get the opportunity to run run through them. It'll make you um, want to go back and explore them. It's one of these. It kind of gives you that wee bit of wanderlust itself. Very much. Very much so. Um, this foresty bit, though, brought me to about brought me to and past the second video update I did was, was 50 miles I went through oh, yeah. um, I, I thought I'd recovered then I had, I had recovered from the previous dip not knowing that there was a big boy waiting in the corner to come in and go how are you doing John you alright um, so yeah and it's that I got to I feel good up to about 62 miles and we went through a checkpoint. Checkpoints. I can't Probably. remember one. And that was early doors. It was the one where you got your second drop bag, which was my first drop bag that had my night gear in it. Right. Well, got changed. Um, I never put it on, but I had a high vis vest, head torch, all that sort of stuff. And you get going. Then dusk comes in really, really quick. And I sent you a message. I, said, I sent my daughter Megan a message doing about I only, I only just got to check back I didn't count at the time 20 past 9 or something I think the words I say something like body's gone but he's alright you know and body's gone but he's in a good place aye so I was feeling alright mentally but I'd slowed right down my knees were aching I've learned a th- I think I've learned thing about pain management, things I might try differently the next time. Um, and it was at that point I had to make a decision. What are you going to do here, man? And it was a case of I got a message back from Megan that um, ah, I've been trying to you get emotional, man. And you come. Ah, you you know when um 
but somebody believes in you. Fuck me, that's powerful. And Megan sent me a voice note. And um, I can't actually say what she said because I just I just crumble. So anyway, she sent me a voice note that was really motivational. Words that we've shared before, and um, I thought, right, we'll get this done. We've got. 38 feckin' miles to go. <laughs> but we're going we're gonna to get this done. Suck it um, up. Aye, exactly, man. And at this point, I'd really like to give a massive shout-out to Ross Beveridge. Um, Ross toughed it out, sucked it up at the lakes recently. Um, I'd read Ross's race report. Um... I played bits of that through my mind as well. But this was it. The point where, right, John, get the hivers on, get the heat torch on, get the tunes on, let's go. So, again, massive thank you to every single person that um, picked a tune, nominated a tune. They all mean something. And also, it's probably the right time to say as well, everybody that sent a message, whether it's before, during or after, Thank you so much. It means, I can't put any words how much it means. We always say send a message and loads of people did. Um, so always continue to do that. Um, but that, yeah, let me get back on track here. You're here on a Saturday night out in the forests around about Berlin. Ah, with my pals. The hallucinations are kicking in, Stevie. Bye. Oh, what's he all about them? That uh, is the type of content. <laughs> I've got some absolute belters. So I'll give you the, the first thing. Mel spoke recently about, on our spine adventure, about it's the moss and it's the leaves and it's the head torch. And you, you know it's a hallucination. You know it's not real, but it's just a bit of a wonderful thing. I love it. I absolutely love that. So first thing I've seen was Ziggy the Dug lying in a pose for a magazine. His paws crossed on a chaise launch. <laughs> seen that. And then there was loads of, I always see the Wicked Witch for Snow White and the trees just make her face, you know, the old haggard face. See that. Alongside, you know in Mexico, the Day of the Dead, they have the masks. Why? Loads yeah, of them. Like everything like Coco. I exactly like Coco, all shapes and sizes, but there's wee hands coming out for the bottom trying to tickle your legs and all that sort of stuff. And then you get to them, you're going to still leave. But the most weirdest thing, right, the weirdest thing at this point, because it gets worse, Mick Hucknall, for simply read, <laughs> picking olives off a tree. <laughs> Sabbath, <it>, man. <laughs> oh, dear. Honestly, that's the bella. That was an absolute bella. So, but that isn't the that isn't the the best or the worst hallucination. I'll cover that because it went on for a long, long time. But this, yeah. I'm I'm now into I'm now into this um, section where it's a case of right, John, just get this done. And I've looked at my times on Strava, 
And I'm really happy, actually, that I managed to maintain a pace that was quite consistent yep. going through that final. Everybody would probably tear my death march. I was able to do that and get it done. We came across checkpoint 20. It was 26 checkpoints. Checkpoint 20, this is what they call a major a major medical um, checkpoint. It's like a scene for a mash. There's beds lying everywhere. Because the folk want to lie doing, they can do that. There's ambulances there. It's just a real it's rescue. Just, aye, uh, it was full on, right? And by this time, we've come out of this forest. I'm thinking, I hope we didn't go back into any more forest. I had enough of them. <laughs> but you come out at 20 and you go up, up, up. And it's on like a, it's not a dual carriageway, but it's a, it's a busy road. You're on the pavement, obviously. Up, up, up. And then you take a left. And my heart sank. It was back into a forest. And I surely take back. So, get in this forest, and there's about three kilometres to the next checkpoint. And it's raining outside. Sorry, it's raining. But I'm not feeling it because of the height of the trees. I'm just getting wee drips on my head. And then... I'm going through this forest, and here's where it all went mental. Time of day are we talking? Oh, I don't know, man. It must have been early hours of Sunday morning. Early hours of Sunday morning. Because I was desperate to get light. Right. And I convinced myself I was lying in one of the medical beds in Checkpoint 20, and this was a dream. Right? You can't, you didn't, you lose track of time. You didn't care what time is because you're, you're away. I was wandering off the trail, trying to stay focused, trying to stay upright. Because I'm thinking, I've, put, I've at least put myself through 15 miles of the last 15 miles. Oh, hell, I'm not going to fall and hurt someone. So anyway, you batter on, batter on. I've come across these four Kind of there's what's getting done in your road. They'll hang on like yellow lights on a skip. Yes. But you kind of there, so then you crash right. in them, right? Sort of lanterns. Uh, the lanterns. The lanterns were saying it was 200 metres, I think, to the next checkpoint. And when we got there, the lady at the checkpoint was checking me out because I, I must have looked like some sort of zombie guy. My brain was just frazzled. So... That then sent a message to my brain is, disengage with her. You need to get away from her as soon as you can. Right? Because you know what I'm going to do. Aye. So, did that. Got you. Eventually, we come back down to sort of street level. And I came across a lassie sitting on a bench, looking a good time. Her name was Helen Wise. I'd met Helen a wee bit earlier on in the day, with birthday and hunky-dory, having the time of our lives. Party time. Mm. Helen met a different John. I met a different Helen. Right? Let's just say we were both struggling a wee bit. I said to her, Helen, how are you doing? I think she's doing a wee bit of dry heaving. She wasn't feeling so good. I said, right, before we go any further, is this real? Because <laughs> honestly, my brain was fat. So she nipped me. She said, did you feel that? I said, I did, I. So um, we, were back on, we were back on board. And Helen and I spent the next maybe five 
five miles together. And then she was still able to run. I wasn't. I said, you crack on. On you go. And she did. And then it was a case of Stephen just came to see it through, man. When the daylight came in, that was brilliant. I remember walking through this scheme. It was just like a, a scheme in Berlin. Hi. Two, two runners in front of me, about 500 metres in front of me, I seen them taking their high vis off and taking their head torches off. I thought, if they're doing it, I can do it. So that felt good, but the hallucinations remained. Honestly, pavements were like moving, like snakes. <laughs> Mental. Um, there was a, a train line. This the straightest train line I've ever seen in my life. Not that I've seen a lot of train lines. You know that Handsmaid's Tale scene? There's a big, long train coming. And a couple of them get off a bus and they run across the train line. And then the boy's, the boy's shooting them. If anybody's seen it, they came out talking about it. This big, long train comes. And I was trying to phone Susan, right, to say... I'm going to be in about half nine, quarter to ten in the morning. I realise that I'm, this might sound like I'm havering, but this is what my brain was like on Sunday morning. I'm going to be about half nine, quarter to ten. I couldn't get a hood of her. She was at the stadium. I think it was six o'clock in the morning. Um, and I was sitting there, barring a disaster. And in my mind, I'm thinking, I'm going to be a train. <laughs> this is going to happen. Thankfully, another to cross this lane, this train twice, this train line twice, and then it literally was a case of just marching in, man. But still talking to folk, try to talk to folk, um, and I'll, I'll I'll wrap this up, right? I got to the very last checkpoint, and it said there was four point three kilometers to go. It wasn't the first time that day, but I busted getting there. It was roasting again. I'm walking down the street, and there's this woman bouncing up and down, and I'm going, oh, another hallucination, here we go. And she's bouncing up and down, German woman going, I'm Nicole. That's how you do, Nicole, you're all right. I have come for you to take you to the party. And I'm going, oh, <laughs> here we go. And she says, do you know Dirk? I says, is Dirk? <laughs> She's wearing a red shirt. <laughs> he says, yes. There was a guy, Dirk and me, we were like that Indian file thing, you know? Um, so she says, Dirk's waiting for you to finish. In my head, I'm going, I've lost the plot totally. What she did, she jogged me a kilometre of the way to the finish. And then she says, now, John, I must go. You turn left, you turn right and you're finished. I must go. I'm swimming tomorrow. This is real. This was happening. She says, I live in these flats at the other side. And as soon as she went away from me, I was like, ah, I'm not running any further. She made me jog for a kilometre. I started walking again. About 45 seconds later, oh, I heard this, John, keep running. <laughs> She's hanging out her window in the flats. <laughs> oh. And then, then, you get to recognise the area that you're in 
and there's people and there's the arrows in the road and there's this, there's the the signs and there's people clapping you because they're hundred miles is a long shift eh? and they're they're clapping you in and you walk into the stadium it's it's actually a nice hockey stadium but the ice is obviously away just now um whatever the season is and you but when you come in you've got to do a lap I never knew you had to do a lap so I come in I thought I was finished I'm delighted but um you've got to do a lap for this stadium and uh, so we did that and then I think you've you've uh, seen the finish okay um I have seen the the lap of the finish and um that was it, man. It was all over. We often Stay ask back. a question of guests when they do monumental things. Um, at what moment did you know it was in the bag? When I got that message from Megan. I knew it was never... Mile. Yeah. I knew it was getting done. Okay. Yeah. Brilliant. And crossing the finish line, I think Susan kindly sent me a video that she captured of you crossing the finish line, and I shared that up on our socials. I think I don't want to massage your ego, John, but I think it's our most liked ever um, post. <laughs> ah, it's it's well eclipsed anything I've done, and quite rightly so. Um, but what did that then feel like? It looked emotional. You looked spent. You just ran a hundred miles, but that's yeah. How's it feeling? That moment was amazing, and the the, the lady that I was determined to get a hug for, she let me know she was for Chester. So. I stupidly tried to start having a conversation with her. I was in no place to have a conversation, but it was brilliant. From there, I went over and sat down at the side, and there was all sorts of carnage happening. People in all sorts of disarray. I wasn't in disarray, but I sat down there for about ten minutes, had a cup of tea, and as I say, we were quite we were quite close. It was a good buzz cheering folk in because the folk that were coming in then were people that I had been to and fro with for the last however many hours so it was good um, and that was followed by the slowest walk I've ever had in my life back to the hotel honestly that it was hotel. Like, now you said earlier on that was 15 minutes away uh, <laughs> I did how many minutes was it away on Sunday morning oh man it must have took us Half an hour, 40 minutes. Honestly, it was like a shuffle. A shuffle to get back to it. But it was brilliant. I had that buzz of completing it. Susan was buzzing. Obviously, she's been at the end of all the big things um, that we've done. And the wee things. Um, so she was buzzing. And it was, it was great. And that finish line, you know, we've we've experienced a number of good finish lines. That one there was as good as any of them. They really ramp up for everybody coming in, regardless of where you are in the race. I'm going to give a shout out to Izzy, uh, by the way. Yeah. Izzy, Izzy finished 13th overall in the race. 
she was the first UK female to finish in 18 hours and three minutes. She took an hour and a half off her PB. That was her fourth time, so massive respect to Izzy. That is sensational stuff, Izzy, and I know that that was, um, you, know, you, you did your recce last year, and it looks like she's put in all her lessons learned. Um, so. Aye. I spoke to her and Stevie the day after, and they literally had, that was her fourth time in Berlin, I think. She'd, she'd done it. But the focus of the last year was to go and do what they did. So well done to both of them. Brilliant. Superb stuff. No, I was keeping up with Izzy as well on the tracker, and also Stevie was doing a good job of doing the race updates on his socials. So. Great people, man. People. Well done. You managed to interview yourself, John, before the. Oh, you did. That wasn't expecting that. Was, aye, aye, I could tell you were pit right on the spot. I was like, yes, get him squirming, which was great. So, just a quick kit wise, everything go okay? Undercarriage. I know that everybody's waiting to hear that because there's been an under reporting of undercarriage. Yes. Um... Everything was hunky-dory. There was a wee bit chafing late on, but that's, I put a dinty sweat. So, big shout-out to Amanda Woodrow, man. She's the, the, the lube queen, passed with flying colour. Fantastic. Sex lube queen has served you up. Yeah, yeah, and I passed on that tip to many people on <laughs> Saturday morning, 3am, John's talking sex loop. Well, that's when the, the first conversation that Helena mentioned and I had. She pulled out this wee stick of squirrels, not butter. I said, oh, what's that you've got? She was talking about it. I said, have you ever heard about boots on sex loop? Then she she went away quick. <laughs> She did. <laughs> so you did this see again. Probably drove her on to finish an hour quicker than she would have otherwise. Um, and surface-wise, it was predominantly, what, mix of tarmac and sort of forest trails? Yeah. Um, even the forests, brilliant trails. There was one wee bit for about a mile and a half. Mm-hmm. Me, there was mud. Um, but over the course of 100 miles, Brilliant track, mostly tarmac, mostly tarmac, but um, very well, man. It must be some path network they've got over here, man. Unbelievable, but um, very, very well looked after. You'd almost want to think that they're encouraging humans to move about easily. eh? It's quite fantastic. Uh, There's that outdoors thing, you know. Get your (laughs) house going here, look at there, see what happens. Um, That's great. It is brilliant. I'd recommend. I would recommend it. For anybody that wants to do a really extra special, I mean, you any hundred miles is going to be extra special, I think. But any, this is really extra special. This um, what I experienced at the weekend. I'd love other folk to have that. Well, maybe a better experience. Maybe not the same um, mind thing. I think you mind- opened the door to an event that maybe was no on a lot of people's radar going by some of the comments that we've got back on social media in terms of yeah, maybe. raising awareness um, so you've done your your bit hopefully you've got a free entry for next year um, on that, <laughs> that front um, but I you spoke briefly you, you did the change shoes all the way around road shoes all the way same ones yeah never changed anything 
start to finish, same gear all the way. It was always my intention. Eh? Same socks all the way. Yep. Although I've, they've, they've, they've served me well, the Injinjis. I've got a new pair of Injinjis. Um, this was always going to be their last out, and I think they just jump in the bin themselves. So, um, But yeah, it was good. All okay. good, man. And then you finish, you feel amazing, quite rightly so, but a wee bit of fucked, it's maybe fair to say, after what you've yeah. put your mind and body through. Um, how are you feeling in the aftermath? What's the immediate recovery? We're speaking on Wednesday. John finished on Sunday morning. So, you know, you're 72 hours odd in. Yeah. Today, we've moved. We stayed in Berlin till Tuesday. To, and on Tuesday, we came to a place called Binz, which is the northeast of Germany. And today, I stood for a good 20 minutes in the sea. And that's made a massive difference. I feel my right. Um, it took until Tuesday for my brain to settle. Okay. I was still a, bit, still a bit done in, confused. But I was thinking I'm I'm back on board with that now. I'm uh, yeah, heads a lot clearer, legs are feeling good. Contemplating a wee jog Thursday morning. Contemplating, but we'll see. I might just go and stand in the sea again. But as a contemplate, you can often stand in the sea in those types of places with very, very little clothes on. That's why we're here, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, right now, John needs to dash away because he has the important task of replenishing the calories still on his mind. And yeah, I can see that there's a bit of activity in the background. Um, don't know if that's just the boy getting the barbecue ready or oh, has he got any clothes <laughs> on or is he just minimal dressed? Um, so yeah, so we're, we're, I, we're, 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 we could probably talk for an hour about all this, I'm pretty sure. But we, we just wanted to get John in the mood from the continent rather than leaving it a couple of weeks until he's back for his, um, the R&R the &R part of his holiday. Um, and hopefully we've touched on most things. I think it's good, it's good to capture it as soon as afterwards. I'm sure there'll be loads of stuff I'll come into my head. I'll open the door as well if anybody's got any questions they want to ask about Berlin, what happened and um, I'm more than happy to answer them. So if anybody wants to drop a message into your socials, please do that, and we'll do we, we can we can do that. But yeah, no, it's been good. Thank you, Stephen, for um, guiding me through this last wee bit. That's quite all right. It's been great to get to speak to you when you're on your holidays. It's been a wee bonus to my day, hasn't it? Just um, <laughs> being in rather rainy. Scotland and you and sunnier climes. It looks delicious there, I must say, for lots of reasons. It's gorgeous. It's gorgeous here. So and we're here for another week yet. Chance to just chill out and just take it easy. Perfect. And you know, just on behalf, well, for, for me, you know, I'm I'm being really, really proud of you and what you've done. That's I've used the word monumental a few times. It's, it is, and and it's maybe not quite sunk in just how much. Uh, a life achievement that is. Maybe it has. Maybe I'm speaking out of term. But 
I'll probably speak on behalf of everybody listening as well in terms of sharing that feeling of pride. And it came across really, really loud and clear on all the social channels at, at the weekend and all the amount of messages that you will and undoubtedly have received with people and things as well. You're inspiring shitloads of folk, literally, right? Now, I don't know how to quantify shitloads, if that's like... <laughs> it's, it's a lot of people who, do you know what? They're seeing what you're doing and they're saying... I remember my big pal Billy Graham being inspired by me running marathons and saying, well, if you can do it, I can do it, right? And that's almost a backhanded compliment, isn't it? But it's true because, you know, you're, again, you've got a 95 job, you're busy as feck, you've not got maybe all the room for doing training to be at the very, very peak of your performance, but you approach it with this attitude and almost carefree carefreeness almost that puts a lot of the overthinking to shame that sometimes I'm guilty of and that is I, I just want to emulate that myself sometimes John so um, it, it's amazing to see you I, I don't know having, having taken on this because there's a couple of times where you were messaging me and I'm like oh fuck <laughs> And it was maybe when you were just in that big dip round about when Megan stepped in to save the day um, that, that that was happening. And I was like, oh, and people were messaging me going, John, all right. Like, <laughs> I like, appreciate that. Of course you know what? Is. I'm, this I'm, is John. His mind's made of steel fabrication. <laughs> you know what? I, I mentioned the message that Megan. She's my daughter, man. I just fucking right to my heart, you know. Mm. But I also appreciate the messages that, that you sent back that our Yorkshire correspondent who was fucking brilliant, man. She's checking in on me. Absolutely brilliant. But no, the, the messages that you'd sent, you sent me a song link as well, Supergrass, Moving. That was, it's going to get me emotional too. That was so powerful, man. You listen to it? Oh, aye, 100%. As soon as you sent it, as soon as you sent it, I hit a link. Although, I must say, let me let me, let me finish on a wee bit of um, lightheartedness and humour and loveliness. The song that's been in my head since Sunday morning, every single day when I've woken up, was suggested by our Yorsha correspondent for my playlist. It's the Venga Boys. The Venga Bus is coming. That's the song every single day since. And she fucking loves it. She's winding me up. Um, so there you go. Is that going yeah. on the playlist? That's on. You can put that on the playlist. The other, play, the other song I'd put on the playlist would be Supergrass Moving. So thank you very much for that one. That would be the two tunes I would like to add. Brilliant. Okay. They're, out, they're on. And cool. we, can't, we can't wait for you to get back and get back to normal um, coverage on the Young Hearts Run feed. But hopefully you've enjoyed this um, rather uncut and more live naked. What did you call it? Unplugged. Naked. Unplugged. Naked. I'm going naked. <laughs> Episode. I'm going to go um, and get naked. Right. I, he probably is. But um, I cheers for giving up a new, uh, your time, the new John. And I we, we all love you. I love you too, man. Love you, brother. You take care. Cheers.